Welcome to Where the Lotus Grows, Getting Dirty and Growing Strong with Kimberly Searle and Tanya Drew. As integrative sustainable movement educators and health advocates, our goal is to provide you with evidence-based information gathered from research, experts in the field, and our personal and professional experience to help you advocate for your own health and wellness. Our mission is to collaboratively navigate the thick, muddy waters of life to empower, accept, and cultivate our most authentic selves. Hi, Courageitarians, and welcome back. Today, we have a review from Ola on Facebook. So the Facebook page of Where the Lotus Grows is another place to find us. Ola says, this podcast has been keeping me super inspired on my drive to work. Looking forward to each episode. Every topic of discussion is very thoughtful, educational, and heartwarming. Love listening to you both. Wishing you all the best as this podcast continues to unfold. A million hugs coming your way from Illinois. Thank you, Ola. Thank you, Ola. That's awesome. Well, today we're going to talk about healing gemstones. And uh, I really like gemstones. I like to wear them. I have them around the studio and around my home. But let's first start with the mythology and history. So all gemstones have one thing in common. They originated from the hot magma, which is the inside of the earth. It's what it's composed of. And there are thousands of years of cooling, gradual movement, and displacement that have formed stones, rocks, even high mountains. The continuous process of this geological change causes rocks and minerals of various kinds to come into being. The earliest reports of gems' healing properties date as far back as the fourth millennium before Christ. They can be found in the Sumerian writings, transcriptions from India, uh, Vedic texts. And in Vedic tradition, naturopathic medicine um, was known as Ayurveda. So Arya means life and Veda means wisdom. And the first Chinese medical book written 5,000 years ago by Xinyang the Red Emperor can be found detailing descriptions of gemstones and their influence on the human body. You can find further significance attributed to gemstones in the Bible. The 12 tribes of Israel are present by 12 corresponding precious stones placed in the breastplate of Israel's high, high priests. Um, Hildengard von uh, Bingen dealt with gemstones in a comprehensive fashion and were the pillars of her medical system. The scientific writings of Parisius were groundbreaking for the future of medicine. And he delved into the healing properties of minerals and gems and distinguished between uh, chemical formula and the elemental powers that reside within the stones. And so I remember as a kid uh, walking the fields and the creeks and really be inspired by um, different rocks and uh, the different colors that were in them. And uh, now as an adult, I am really drawn to gemstones. So when I go to stores or trade shows and look at gemstones, you know, you can feel almost a different vibration in your hands between two. And I guess probably, but but really um, 
started off me looking at gemstones was when I started to look at the chakras and different um, stones and crystals that affected the different chakras and finding a pendulum that, you know, worked for me. So when I'm particularly working on chakras, a rose quartz or a tiger um, uh, would stone works better for me. And even in my mala, uh, different stones that work for me for um, when I'm doing my, my chants. And I also find uh, too, that every year, sometimes I get a different stone to work with and I'm looking at what the healing properties around that stone are. And it's something that I'm trying to heal or bring about in myself. And so I'm curious, Tanya, how you're using gemstones these days. So, well, I want to clarify or not clarify, but get some clarification from you because this was more um, a less familiar topic for me, even though I use them. So you're including like crystals and mineral stones in this category of gemstones, correct? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> okay. I, I assumed so, but I didn't want to make that assumption in case there was a delineation that I wasn't aware of, and you were going <laughs> to school me on it and be like, well, actually. Um, so I just wanted to be sure. So I keep crystals around for different things. Even Rose quartz has a healing and protection. Um, uh, traditional quartz, the, the clear, clear crystal is great for meditation and kind of raising your vibration overall it's kind of powerful um so i enjoy them and i like them and i have several around my home i don't use them enough to like unless it's the basics that i just mentioned i think i have some labradite some quartz and some rose quartz um and then some chakra stones but if i'm completely honest, I have to Google them or look them up. There was a time in my life where I kind of knew a little bit more. My mom is really great at this. That's one of the many things that she's really into. She would be able to tell you exactly what the tiger eye is used for and exactly what, you know, a hematite would be used for, that kind of thing. And she would know that right off the top of her head. I much more like need to bust out my chart. Um, for that specifically, if I'm going to use them for something, um, outside of like my three basics, um, that I, that I already mentioned. So I use them sometimes in meditation. I've used them with clients and by, by using them, I just mean either I hold them or I have placed them over the client, over a client's above their head or below their feet while they're in a restorative pose for meditation to help them work with different things. Um, and I do know, like when I use them with clients, then I always wash them before and after using them so that it's for them and not for me. Um, I don't know if that's like a, a should do. I think I've read that that's a should do. I don't know if it's a must, but I just like the idea of the energy being theirs. And so if, if they're going to meditate or I'm going to guide them through a meditation and suggest that they hold a rose quartz for feeling protection, um, then I would wash it before and after, you know, I give it to them. Um, and similarly with my own, but I typically, it's something that I hold during my practice. I have used them for like a pendulum 
Not often. I don't have my own, um, but I've used them in different areas. Like I said, my mom is really into these kind of thing. And even when I was a kid, she kind of nerded out a little bit on this. Like she was the one that was like pushing me. She would get like a rock tumbler <laughs> mm-hmm. as a gift and be like, isn't this the coolest? And I'm like, it's okay. You know, I didn't like appreciate it as much as I do now. But one of the things that I think is great, my son is seven and he loves that stuff. He shares that passion with my mom. And so now they tumble rocks together and he gets off the bus after school and he is down, you know, on his hands and knees in the driveway. He's always coming in with, you know, I found a crystal. Look at how cool this one is. Let's try to polish this one. Um, and so I love that he has that because even though it's still not my my thing as much as it's her thing, they have that together. So in a nutshell, I guess that's how I use and how crystals and gemstones kind of resonate with, with me. Um, additionally, uh, in our show notes on the website, I want to share, I, fo- I do follow Rocky Road Minerals on Instagram, which uh, is a place in Ireland where a lot of the beautiful stones and crystals and minerals are mined. So I will share that. (laughs) Very cool. Yeah. I mean, I think a stone's healing power depends upon a number of factors, Mm -hmm. how it's recovered, whether it comes into contact with acids or liquids in which crystals can grow. And the therapeutic use of gems is not a new or alternative healing method. The art of healing with stones is a thousands of years old, and the magic of gemstones is closely bound up with astrology. So according to astrological lore, gemstones are intermediaries between the microcosm and the microcosm that resides within each of us. And you can find stones that match your sign. So for example, I'm a Leo, and I love to be the center of attention. My positive magnetic personality influences everyone around me, and diamonds motivate Leos. Oh, so under their influence, yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Under their influence, I can reach uh, my peak conditions, physical conditions. So um, other stones that help uh, Leos are rock crystal, which helps strengthen uh, an inner composure, Lamar, which resolves old problems. Diamond serves, um, helps us serve others and to lead. Uh, I think it's called CRISPR-Pell. It improves relationships and brings harmony. Pink topaz specifically um, helps, is a a lucky stone and fosters honesty and fairness. And onyx keeps the mind free and flexible. Or maybe a yellow gold citrine brings relaxation and rest. And a garnet um, strengthens power and endurance. Uh, Peridot strengthens the immune system and aura. Selenite, modesty and self-control. Tiger's eye, which I said that I use on my mala, helps um, with more inward thinking. Tourmaline, uh, psychosomatic alignments, transforms them into positive energy. So the healing stones transmit their power through their color and vibration. And you experience their healing force in the body and learn to recognize the effects of gems, colors on the chakras and the body's energy systems. So meditations on the gemstones can lead to physical health, um, psychological balance, 
self-discovery and inner clarity. And each chakra has a special duty and vibrates at a particular frequency. And this corresponds to the vibrations of certain colors and minerals. For example, I'm working on my sacral chakra, which is the third chakra. And these days, um, stones that would help me heal here are um, ones that may be the color of orange or maybe an orange jasper or a citrine or maybe a chameleon. The color orange is a color of nourishment and um, circulation. And I know I said the third chakra. I meant the second chakra, the the sacral chakra. Um, And so that's where the orange is coming from. But, you know, you had said too about cleaning, you know, the application and care for each of the stones is different. Sometimes you run them underneath water. Um, Sometimes you sit them in the sun. Sometimes you put them in a plant so that they touch the earth. And um, so there's a lot of different ways to discharge um, and cleanse the stone. Nice. That's really interesting. You know, what was funny is um, as you were reading through the different stones, then uh, (laughs) I kind of got a giggle because I'm like, maybe my, my more of my mom has rubbed off on me than I thought because I was like oh yeah I, I used to wear onyx all the time because it it reflects uh it keeps negative energy away and oh yeah selenite is healing I used to have a selenite wand that I would use when I had a toothache and I would rub it on my cheek <laughs> and mm-hmm. so just like the different things that you were mentioning um it just kind of made me laugh as but I was like, oh, maybe I do retain a little bit more. <laughs> it's more of I your thought. being. Yeah, more of your yeah. being than you thought. Um, but I, I appreciate that some of the gems re- require cleaning differently. I did not know that. So that's that's interesting too. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> if we want to kind of bring it all together, uh, crystals and stones from Mother Earth bring many healing and sustaining properties. But the overarching properties um, common to most are support, protection, and alignment. Mm -hmm. So when we work with the crystals, we're getting ourselves time to just be, time to connect to our place of our inner peace and harmony, our higher self. And minerals are as old as Mother Earth. And crystals are, you could think of crystals as like those highly evolved minerals. Mm -hmm. Crystals hold many of the characteristics of that are like in an organic plant kingdom that are followed uh, the plant's kind of evolutionary path, such as self-regulation, reproduction via seeds and crystals, and they're receiving and transferring information. So crystals essences bring the life force energy that is old as time from the inorganic base that supports Mother Earth. So therefore, the crystal essence holds less karmic association than essences from the organic plant kingdom, which holds memory across time. Mm -hmm. So with their non-crystalline structure, uh, plants are more flexible and adaptable in response to memory at both the cellular and subtle level. And then blending both crystal and flower essences um, in this synergetic practice gives us the healing and realignment properties of both natural gifts from earth and each taking um, the other to another level. So the natural crystalline structure of crystal stones uh, imbue them in with inherent physical properties 
that have long been recognized by modern science and technology. So crystal radios were embraced in the earliest 20th century, and crystals are like a base component of laser and microprocessing technology. Right. So and if you're in a dark room, right, with a quartz crystal, and you strike one end of the crystal with a hammer, you can see almost this electric spark demonstrating the crystal's um, transverse of kinetic energy or motion at mm-hmm. one end into the electrical energy or the spark at the other end. And this innate property of transforming energy is intrinsic to the powerful healing that's afforded by crystals. Wow. So do you, do you use um, some of your crystals and stones with essential oils? I have never used them with essential oils. Yeah. So I, like sometimes it's nice to use essential oils and have the client, you know, hold up a rock. So you're getting that olfactory through the nose. Mm-hmm. You're getting the energy from the crystal. And you know and what? Both I have take vibrations. that back. I take it back, Kim. As I was saying that, and I put the crystals out, I definitely have had, I was thinking, I don't know why I was thinking like using them together, like, like putting the oil on the crystal <laughs> <laughs> when you said that. And I'm so sorry to, because I want you to continue. But I have, when I use them with clients, then I will usually do um, an essential oil and a diffuser. I'll usually do like a frankincense or something, if you know, and get them in a restorative pose and do a guided meditation or um, a yoga nedra. Um, and then I have the crystals, like I said, at their head or at their feet. But I, yeah, I would have like a frankincense or some other healing aroma. So I do and didn't realize it. Carry on. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, you know, everything has like like rose essential oils has one of the highest vibrations of oils, right? And so, if you have someone that's uh, possibly, um, let's say, depressed, right, mm-hmm. you want to bring that energy up, and perhaps rose oil helps with that. And then, you know, maybe you have an amethyst stone to help with that meditation, or a rose quartz, you know, to help with healing of the heart. And, um, you know, you're, you're just getting everything's energy, right? We're getting at that energy from all kinds of different directions. Yeah. So see, you you do look at this, you know, more about this stuff intuitively (laughs) than you gave yourself credit for. I love it. Maybe a little. (laughs) I don't know why I was thinking when you asked that, I'm like, I put essential oils on my stones and crystals. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then massage, I don't know what I was thinking. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, well, crystals respond to the natural electrical vibrations of the cells and the body physically, and it's helping to harmonize and stimulate or relax as required to restore homeostasis. And the body's innate uh, equilibrium to which it consistently um, seeks to return. So those powerful healing potential results from transformation of the electrical charge to inherent, to entrenched negative thoughts. So remember that we all are um, embedded with this free will and are choosing to release negative beliefs uh, is paramount for lasting change. And we always choose, uh, sometimes unconsciously, but we do choose. Right. So clear quartz, quartz, which you had mentioned too, is, is often known as the master healer and indeed is one of the most versatile crystals gifted from Mother Earth. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorites to use and to heal with. Um, 
and I didn't, I should have pulled up the chart because oftentimes like I do know these healing properties when I was in my twenties. Um, I remember, you know, I would keep, I would have stones in my purse (laughs) that I just, or in my pocket that I would just keep with me that, you know, I bought at some rock shop and it's because, you know, this is supposed to, um, boost your confidence. And this one is supposed to, and I don't remember what they were. Um, but it's funny looking back cause I definitely do. I still have them. They're just in a pretty little bowl on my dresser now. Um, and in little parts of my altar. Um, but I guess they're just a part of stuff. I don't think about using them as much except during meditation or with clients. I don't typically, um, but I guess because they're out and they're on display and I do care for them that they're still, they're still working. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, lately uh, people are drawn to them for maybe interior design reasons Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, maybe understanding why you are particularly drawn to the energy of that countertop or uh, the wall panel in your shower or a light or just as an ornate object sitting there, right? You know, what is the healing property behind that? Because you might be surrounding yourself um, intuitively with these different crystals and minerals and gems, Um And sometimes, you know, I have had, I was really struggling and I had an anklet made out of some gemstones and crystals for me. And it was really helping me ground at the time. And then all of a sudden, one by one, the crystals started to fall off. And so I talked to the person who had made it for me and had, you know, picked the gemstones and crystals, specifically what I was working on. She's like, you no longer need that anymore. Like you've moved on. So the body starts to push it um, away from you. And so I think that's interesting. And sometimes as people fill their homes with different gemstones and crystals in their house, you know, is that always going to be beneficial to them or will there become a period of time where they no longer need that um, crystal around them in such a size? And so it's, you know, something to be curious about. Mm-hmm. Um, in thinking of this, as you were talking about, you know, using them for healing and needing them and not needing them. Um, so I have an infant. Um, and one of the things is she's starting to teeth. There's this um, phenomenon with the amber and amber teething necklaces and bracelets and that kind of thing, because amber is supposed to reduce pain. And I have not purchased just an an amber teething necklace yet. I've seen, I have many friends who use them and swear by them and they think they're great. Um, I purchased myself one prior to labor and I wore it. I did not wear it throughout my labor. Maybe I should have, perhaps that would have helped. (laughs) Um, But I wore it um, through a large part of my labor in the beginning to help ease some discomfort and pain. And I have a friend who, when I was discussing this with her, that I had the necklace because I found that it helped me for headaches. So later on in my pregnancy, I would get frequent headaches and I just used this. um, If I put the necklace on, the amber necklace, then my headache was typically gone soon after because I didn't want to take pharmaceuticals. Um, And 
I'm open to placebo effect and maybe that was the case, but I have a friend who is an athlete and she had a pain in her ankle and she's an avid hiker and does a lot of different things. And so she, because we'd had this conversation, uh, she purchased an anklet and said the same thing that she found reduced pain just in wearing the amber. So it's just another thought of a way that I use it and didn't really think about it until we started talking. <laughs> yeah. You know, and in an amber too, I've heard people using it for um, asthma, allergic reactions, mm-hmm. um, rheumatoid arthritis, um, you know, infections. So yeah, a lot of different healing powers for things. You know, I have some smaller um, stones that are around, you know, on window ledges and things at the studio. And uh, sometimes I'll pick one up if I'm, you know, with a client that's having a difficult time. And my friend had said, you know, you're an empath and sometimes you take on what others um, are feeling. And so she had recommended that I pick up a rock or a crystal, whichever one after each client. Uh, and then at the end of the day, I'll have a handful of rocks or a pocket mm-hmm. full of rocks and it just to put them down and then leave them back in the sun as I leave the studio as a symbol of, okay, my work here is done today. I can leave uh, and move on and, you know, switch to my home life. Oh, and even, nice. you know, it's, it's even helpful. Yeah. 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 It's even helpful for me in that way. Oh, I like that. I like that. Well, like, um, so my therapist, my psychotherapist to her and I had talked at one point in time, um, just how some therapists have like a ritual after a client leaves, just something as simple as washing your hands or like you said, you know, setting the stones down before you leave for the day, but like letting somebody's energy go so that you're not carrying it with you. I like that. That's beautiful. Oh, this is a fun topic, Kim. I feel like I learned a lot today. Yeah, I enjoyed this conversation. So do we have anything else to share with our listeners? We do have some resources we're going to put up on the website. Um, and I will share the link to my favorite who I follow on Instagram, my favorite follower or um, page to, to look at pretty gemstones and minerals and whatnot. And then you had a few books. Yes. Yeah. That'll be in our show notes. Awesome. Well, for our listeners, we hope you enjoyed this conversation as well. And if you have any information that you'd like to share, maybe your own healing gemstone story, hit us up on everything where the Lotus grows, our email or our Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great night, guys. Thank you for listening to Where the Lotus Grows. Join us in further conversations. We believe that you bring valuable knowledge to this community. You can find us at wherethelotusgrows.com, Where the Lotus Grows on Instagram and Facebook, or Twitter, Where the Lotus G1, because we were not on top of that one. Remember that though we are professionals in our field, the topics discussed and or advice given is general information and not intended to treat or diagnose. Please seek the guidance of a medical, integrative health, bodywork, or yoga therapy professional for a full evaluation. If you like what you hear, please take the time to rate us on iTunes or your preferred podcast platform.